Welcome to Nintendania, fortnightly Nintendo gaming podcast. I'm your host, Josh, or JT, and each episode I'm joined by a new guest to talk about everything Nintendo, including their love for the company and the games, and getting their opinions on things like whether Mario Kart 9 is really Mario Kart Tour. This episode, we're talking about Kirby and the Forgotten Land, Dragalia Lost coming to an end, the Switch finally has folders, and what Nintendo IPs we'd like to see come to the Switch. And to help me navigate through this episode, I'm joined by a very special guest. This person is part of the Books community, which is all about Nintendo. Helps host their very own podcast, Bookcast. When he's not gaming, he likes to do video producing, teaches music, and loves to do bouldering. It's Angelo Valdivia. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm really, really looking forward to, to being on the show, Joshua. Thanks for inviting me. Thanks, uh, thanks for coming along. I uh, wanted to talk about the bouldering first off. Nothing Nintendo related. Because <laughs> I've given that a go. And that's, that's pretty fun, but it's hard. Like, my fingers, after every time I do it, it, it's difficult. How long have you been doing that yeah. for? Oh, it's, I've, I haven't done it for a few months now, um, uh, just because of, like, all, everything that's been happening with COVID and stuff, you know, going to gyms and things isn't mm. particularly safe, although a lot of people, you know, have, have managed to do it just fine. Uh, but, yeah, bouldering is great fun. Um, I've been doing it since, like, 2019. I've been wanting to do it for a lot longer, though. I've been doing, wanting to do it for about 10 years. And in my dumb little lizard brain, I always thought that bouldering involved harnesses and all that kind of stuff, mm. like proper vertical climbing and outdoor climbing. But um, bouldering itself doesn't require any harnesses at all. You just need a decent pair of shoes, which, you know, you can you can learn from the gym itself and some chalk. And that's really it. And you only climb as high as like four or five meters, really. Um, so it's all about just endurance and um, technical climbing. So working on technique and solving puzzles, really. It's not about mm. climbing as high as you possibly can. It's just the 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 climb itself is basically a puzzle you have certain holds you have to climb and you have to accomplish the climb itself using certain techniques and then once you're done you just jump off or if you're if you're strong enough still you can climb yourself down which is almost impossible for some of the more complex climbs but you know it's great fun i I agree everyone everyone who who climbs gets spicy fingers uh, which is what i like to call it where the the tips of your fingers get a little bit raw um but, you know, you do develop a bit of a tolerance for it. After a while, you start to callous up a little bit. And mm. for a good good period last year when I was doing a lot of bouldering, um, yeah, I just had just scratched up fingers. My skin was terrible. Now, because it's been a few months, my skin's gotten a lot better. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's really good fun. I highly recommend it to anyone who's just interested in just getting some fitness without, you know, any um, – without uh, – what's the word? Without, like – cardio working out like you know sprinting and mm-hmm. things like that sprinting is not your thing or even like specifically just weight weightlifting or anything isn't really your thing um but you're interested in doing something a little more dynamic and even a little more social uh bouldering is so much fun it's so good you meet cool people uh you just put on some earphones if you want to and it's just you and the wall really it's great fun. yeah that's it. it's um there's one uh just off where i live uh, beyond bouldering i think they're called and mm-hmm. yep, yep yeah, that's my it- gym as well there's one here in kent town Town, yeah, I think that's the one I've been to, and just yeah, lots of people go, and then just really fun because you got yeah, you got the padded mattresses, and so if you do fall, it's only a couple of meters, and, and you're going to be fine unless you put out a, a limit or a strong <laughs> angle. If you land properly, you're going to be fine. But like, yeah, absolutely, just make sure you land on your butt. Yeah, that's it. And then it's um, it's not just a straight wall. Sometimes they're um, inverted in the actual walls, and so you're not just trying to climb up, but you also you feel like you're kind of going upside down slightly a little as well so yeah I mean, depending on the gyms you go to as well yeah. uh they can have like different sort of platforms so like the ones that you're talking about where they kind of come towards you um mm. they overarch over, over towards you those are called overhangs where you yeah. are kind of like upside down at weird angles 
Um, but you can get ones that are arches. We have to like climb around an arch and things like that. Um, there's a few of those gyms now in Adelaide. It's, it's kind of exploded a little bit in recent years here in Adelaide. Um, you know, it's, it's always been a, a sport that has had a bit of a niche for a couple of decades now. But yeah, in the last few years, there have been a couple more gyms opening up around the place. So it's gotten a little more popular. Yeah. And then it was in the Olympics just gone. So last year. Yeah. So that was, that was, that that was, was really exciting. Yeah. That was super exciting. And there were some fantastic climbers. Like watching the men's obviously was was incredible just because of the, the raw strength and stuff. But it was actually the women's competition that I was really captivated by. Like some of the technical climbing of those women and like just the amount of strength and just like muscles that they have on them is just incredible. Like Janja mm. Garnbrett, the the gold medalist for that, uh, for the female division was was incredible. And Nanaka and um, a few of the other climbers as well was just, it was so cool to watch. It was, it was, it was great. It was awesome seeing it in the Olympics. Yeah, just uh, I think just, there was a bit more of a buzz to it. People were talking about it. Just this new sport everyone was watching and people I was talking, I was talking to. So that was great. Yeah. It wasn't it's in the cool. new Mario and Sonic game, was it? This bouldering sport. I'm trying to relate it. I don't believe so. Here. No, <laughs> no, I don't believe so. Um, we, I mean, like, but, but Link, Link boulders now. He climbs on everything. He has been for that's five true. years. That's true. So. That's very true. That's uh, you know. <laughs> Without it, without any sort of ropes whatsoever, it's um yeah or chalk. He just gets up well, there and he's bare just hands. Does it? Yeah, just as long as it doesn't rain, he's good. What's yeah, um, that's right. What there was a movie um about this this really amazing guy who um climbs um, the doc the documentary free solo. Yeah. What, sorry, what was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Free solo. Free so that's solo. A, that's, that's a style it. of yeah. So it's a style of of bouldering where you just mm. like for example for, for this film it was climbing um the face of um. Uh, El Capitan in yeah, Yosemite, uh, which is the the big um, nature reserve over in San Francisco, I believe. And um, yeah, it's it's like the it's considered the hardest boulder in the world to climb because there's a there's an entire section of that which is just basically flat sheer glass. It's just mm. the smoothest rock like <laughs> you could probably climb. And it was just insane to watch. Um, I, I always forget this guy's name, um, American climber, um, climbing it. And like, yeah, it's. It's like hundreds of feet high, no harnesses, and he's just he's just doing it. it. Took him like three hours. Like that's three hours straight of climbing. I can barely yeah. climb for forty five seconds. <laughs> no, that's it. So. And I've watched the film. It's multiple attempts. He stops halfway through one, and then you're just watching what he has to do for some instances. He's got to lodge his arm in between crevices and cracks, and I just, yeah, it, it's like he's like if you like looked into his brain, surely there's something missing. Like something he's prodded something in there, so that he has no fear. <laughs> Um, Interestingly no, enough, so um, yeah, one, one of the games that depicts bouldering pretty well is um, Metal Gear Solid Five. Um, I remember when when the game was coming out, and like Mark Serrells, who was working for Kotaku at the time, who's also big into bouldering. Mm. Um, around the time, he wrote a big article about Metal Gear Solid Five's depiction of bouldering, and he's like, "This is actually pretty accurate. Like the techniques that he's using there is correct. The way he's actually got his hand inside the crack, um, and the way he's putting all of his weight on one foot so the other foot can like relax and yeah. and ease his, his balance and things like that was actually pretty cool. But yeah, there are like some Kojima just would have spent a day just go, doing it himself, so uh, understanding. Absolutely, it. this is this absolutely. is work. You know, just <laughs> understand sure. how it actually does work. Yeah, no. So beyond uh, bouldering, you um <laughs> part of the boots. Uh, educational program no the nintendo, the nintendo <laughs> community. so how, how yep. did um how did you come to join books um so uh, going back a little bit further than that i've i've been writing about games for a long time uh, it's coming up to my 12th year now um 11 years well, 11 years ago i started contributing to other sites 
Um, but I'd always heard of Vux and um, I used to read it a little bit when I was in high school. So the, the, the site itself has been around since 2000. We had our 20th anniversary in late 2020. So Daniel Vukovic himself um, started the site back in, you know, when he was 16 or something like that. But mm. I've always been, been aware of it for a long time and always loved reading it. It was, was hyper-specialized, but it was really, really well done. They were always up to date with their news and things and constantly um, uh, being uh, being active within its community. Um, that's the really that's really the one thing that I really like about books is that it's super active in its own community. But my I first actually wrote for them about 10 years ago when the Wii U was coming out. So I contributed a couple of articles back then, but I reached out to Daniel uh, back in like early 2019 um, because I was kind of ebbing and flowing between writing about games and things like that. And I just decided, look, maybe I'll just give it one more one more try on, on another outlet, write specifically about Nintendo. The Switch is out. I like playing the Switch. I'll, I'll review some games for that, some smaller games rather than bigger games. Um, bigger games tend to take a lot more time and there's a lot more pressure in reviewing those kinds of things. But smaller games is a lot a lot simpler in that regard. It's a lot more laid back. So we shot to him and um, he was cool with it. He'd, he'd known about me for a while as well. Uh, yeah, reviewed quite a few games for them. Then about a year later in early 2020, I noticed that the Vootcast itself hadn't, hadn't had a podcast in about a year at that point. So around the time I started was sort of the time when it was starting to fizzle out a little bit. Um, so I reached out to Daniel again. I said, hey, the bookcast isn't really doing anything. You know, I'm at this point, I was kind of in, in 2019, I was kind of like falling apart or falling away from, from writing itself. I was getting disinterested in writing, wasn't really getting anywhere, kind of got interested in other uh, forms of, of contributing. So I um, asked if I could take over the bookcast, um, double checked with the previous hosts um, about it. Uh, Stephen Impson, who was also an Adelaide games writer, um, specifically about Nintendo and things like that. He's got his own podcast with Chris Button, another Adelaide <laughs> Writer, um, I'm discovering all these so they, people now. It's, uh, <laughs> that's all right. I can give you their names properly later. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they've got their own podcast um, about Apple Arcade games. It's, I think it's a weekly podcast. Um, but they were the previous hosts of the bookcast, so they were fine with it. And um, yeah, I, I took it over. Um, originally, it was going to have like a rotating cast of of contributors from books and stuff. But you know, a lot of us are sort of like in our 30s and things, so life kind of gets in the way. Some of us have kids. Some of us have other commitments. Yeah, it ended up um, solidifying down to a couple of other books contributors themselves. So Luke Henderson and Oliver Brandt, um, who write for the site. And um, then we also settled on um, a prominent member of the books community, one of the mods, the Discord, um, Michael Goncalves, who um, is in it now, it's just the four of us. And we have a lot of great, great fun. So I no longer really write for books. I haven't reviewed a game for anyone really in about a year, but I still am part of the, the show itself. I was hosting it for two years. And then at the beginning of this year, I decided to step back to focus on my own other work. I'm still part of the show. It's great. Yeah, fun. Nice. That's the, fun anyway, stuff, that's the really long, that's the really long version of it. Yeah, that's no, good. It's uh, talking about the games is the fun of it. I would have thought anyway. So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's great fun. And you know, we, we try to goof around a little bit and we do finish every episode with a, with a, with a game of Nintendo 20 questions. I like mm. to think that it goes for 10 minutes, but it usually goes for about 20 to 25. <laughs> That's no, a good listen. So I would recommend anyone listening to this to check out you guys, you guys as well, the bookcast. So, Thank you. Angelo, what's um, what's your favorite Nintendo franchise, and and why? Franchise, okay. That's that's a harder question to answer. And you can be specific games game. as well. Yep. Okay, I'll take my favorite game. My favorite game of all time is Donkey Kong '94 on the Game Boy. Absolute nice. pinnacle of video game development. 100% a perfect game. There is nothing wrong with that game whatsoever. Absolutely brilliant. In terms of franchises, though, um, hmm, 
It depends. It depends on it depends on where I am in my life, I guess. Once upon a time, I would have said Pokemon. Another point in time, I would have said Zelda. It's hard to sort of nail down. I'm with you. It ebbs and flows, doesn't it? You know. Yeah, in terms of franchises, it probably would have to be Zelda in that case. It's probably the 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 game in terms of quality that's been the most consistent, I'd say. Mm. Um, Mario peaks and valleys every now and again. I'm thinking like you know the new Super Mario Brothers series as opposed to something like Galaxy or, yeah. or Odyssey. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd probably say the Zelda series really. Yeah, I'd like to say Metroid, but even that's had its peaks and valleys. Yeah, I mean, I thought I thought after last year with Bread, is that is this is this my true love right here? This two uh, <laughs> D action adventure Metroid. And Absolutely. It, it just just varies, doesn't it? But I suppose Mario is one for me. It's just always I just to a T. I just love platforming, and so Mario just captures that magic. So for sure. I'm, I'm a huge. Probably yeah. a close second would probably be the three D Mario platformers. Yeah, yeah, good choice. What's um. So, so with the Legend of Zelda, I, have you played some of the older ones? Yeah, um, the handheld I, ones. What are your favorite ones? So, so growing up, I was actually way more of a Sega kid. That's where I started. Um, and then when the N sixty four came out, that's when I jumped into Nintendo. So I missed out on a lot of the eight bit and sixteen bit Nintendo games. They were still in my periphery. Um, you know, growing up, I had friends who had um, NESs and Super NESs and stuff, so I got to play them, but. Um, in terms of the some of the franchise, some of the games and stuff like that, I did miss out on some of them. Um, did go back and play most of the original Legend of Zelda on on um, Switch's Nintendo online apps. Um, mm. Didn't get to the end of it. I got close, but it got a little bit frustrating, quite tedious. Got sick of it. Sort of did some of the second game when we had a a, a bookcast thing uh, about six months ago or so. Um, but most of the 3D ones. Oh, that's not true. I did finish. Um, Oh, I can't even remember them anymore. <laughs> uh, a Link to the Past. I did finish A Link to the Past about four years ago when I was on a trip. Uh, Link's Awakening is incredible. Um, funnily enough, my my first experience with Link's Awakening wasn't actually playing Link's Awakening. It was playing a modded version when I was 13 called Link Gets Laid. So there's, there's an old one. If anyone remembers that one, it's, it's, a, it's a terrible, terrible uh, mod version. Uh, it's yeah, it's yeah. highly gratuitous, but I loved it at the time. I can't imagine yeah, the so, Nintendo lawyers would have loved that at all. That would have been there. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure they didn't. Um, but, you yeah, know, most of my time has been with the 3D Zelda games. My first one was Ocarina of Time, like most people. Yeah, nice. So, yeah. I, um, I've been one to sort of... Uh, Zelda's the franchise for me that I haven't played as much out of all these other Nintendo IPs. I tend to play a lot of them. Right, but okay. um, Ocarina of Time is something I, I tried earlier this year and, and got to the Water Temple and uh, just sort of... Uh, <laughs> park the controller knowing that this is probably when i'm gonna you know pause it for now and then when i really feel like it trying to just get a guide or something and get through it but um yeah the water the water temple point the water temple is interesting it's it's the it's it's kind of the blight town of legend of zelda i guess like when everyone talks about dark souls one everyone you know moans about blight town and it, mm. it's difficult like it definitely is um the water temple is funny though um because i remember when we first played through it so you know back in at late 98 early 99 my uncle and i so i played a lot of video games with my uncle especially in n64 days um you know he's only a few years older than me so like he was in high school i was in late primary school so yeah. we'd spend a lot of weekends together playing video games all the time and stuff yeah so we were playing through the legend of zelda uh, playing through ocarina of time and um we got to the, to the water temple and it was the point where you get into the center tower of the water temple and you have to raise and lower the water level. Mm. Um, and there's this one point, and I think where a lot of people got stuck, and I specifically remember this point, 
it was when this one little platform gets raised with the water level and your path forward is actually underneath that and there's mm. no there's no hint towards doing that at the time um so this water this, this platform gets raised and it's so easy to miss you just don't realize it. and that's where you go to continue forward and you get another door key so you can actually go through at that point we got stuck because we had no more door keys and like there were locked doors and we're like we don't know what to do yeah so yeah. we're stuck there for about four or five months and then it wasn't until a friend of mine i was just talking about it you know on, on the playground as it were at the time and i was just like yeah water temple sucks blah, blah blah he's like oh no you just go through this bottom this little bottom bit under the platform and my mind was just blown i'm like what <laughs> we've been at this for like five months what are you talking about there's, you? No, there's no hole there and so we went down there and it was just a big face palm moment and it's funny actually because um when the game got re-released on on 3ds again i specifically remember getting to that point and then when that when the water level gets raised and it shows that platform Nintendo specifically put this huge zoom in moment to actually show, <laughs> go here, idiots. And that yeah, literally I think saying it like, here you go. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, it's just funny. Like, I don't think the water temple was badly designed. I think there was just one little oversight there that a lot of us overlooked and even, even the developers probably at the time. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, it's just funny. It's like a rite of passage that, that section. It is. I, I'm playing the NSO version on the Switch. And so obviously it doesn't have this hint. And so I, exact right. same thing for me. I, I got, like stuck and like i don't know where to go now and then um i did cheat for that bit i just looked it up because I, I spent a good i reckon half an hour going up and down and looking around and I like, this is I, annoying i don't think this it's a problem really i don't think it's a problem at all i don't think it's a problem at all if people look up guides and things like that i think to, to get through a game because games are tough like you know there's so so easy to overlook things if you spend days weeks months away from a game you're going to forget things so guys and girls if you're listening just just look at guides it doesn't matter it doesn't you know, matter it's just yeah, look up right. guides. It's fine. Yeah, yeah anyway, and I'm sorry. all for suspend points as well. I'm all for whatever, whatever makes you enjoy the game. Have fun with it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, that's no, it's all good. So yeah, I just just noticed playing this game as much as everyone loves it. You you, you play it now through the lens of how games are designed and maybe try and sort of direct you where to go. There, there's some other moments in Ocarina of Time that frustrated me where I didn't quite know what, where to go and then. Sure, sure. My partner Michaela had played it, and so I was sort of like she was watching me, and she would, when I was stuck, <laughs> she would subtly hint for me, and so that was you know that, that was my way of getting through it. But I just love your story of the playground thing. That that just happened all the time, didn't it? Just uh, oh know, yeah, yeah. I was when, playing the games, and there's no proper internet or hard to find. Yeah, when you're a dumb little kind of when you're a dumb little eleven year old, like you haven't got really much going on in your life. So all you're doing is playing video games and talking about video games, especially back in the, the late nineties. You know, so yeah, it was great. It. Yeah, nice. If you would like to support Nintendvania, there are multiple ways you can do so. For monetary help, please check out our Patreon page. We have multiple tiers with varying perks, including exclusive Discord access, advertising, opportunities to contribute questions and topics to upcoming shows. We've also introduced a new tier that gives you access to our Nintendo Switch Online Expansion Pack family account, plus access to our Discord and show shoutout. The expansion pack gives you access to Sega Mega Drive, Nintendo 64, and the DLC to some top-tier Nintendo titles, including Animal Crossing and Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. So if you haven't got NSO yet, do consider checking this out. It's it maybe a cheaper option than buying an individual membership for you. Also got a merch store on Redbubble where you can buy items with the nifty Nintendo logo smacked onto them. I'm wearing one right now, as uh, Angelo can attest to if I stand up. Oh, very nice. And Schmick, that's, that's right. Thank you. <laughs> We've also got a free Discord server for Nintendvania, and we'd love to see the community continue to grow on it. Free to join, so please check it out. Uh, additionally, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter. However, I would love to see 
if you can't support us in any of those other ways, if you could please, after you listen to a few episodes, consider leaving us a five-star rating on Spotify, Apple Music, or whatever you're listening to this. We're continually looking to get our brand out there, and so we truly appreciate any help like that. So everything I mentioned will be in the show notes attached to this podcast. So, Angelo, what have you mm-hmm. been playing lately? Actually, uh, I haven't been playing a lot of Nintendo games lately. Um, but that right. said, I did I did uh, finally jump into... Um, I say finally. It only just came out two days ago. I did jump into um, uh, the new Kirby game. Oh, again, the name escapes me. And the Forgotten well, Land. That, that's ironic. The Forgotten Land. I knew it was Forgotten Land. Forgotten Land. Yes. Forgotten in it. <laughs> Um, yeah, I did jump into that last night and um, really enjoyed what I played of it so far. I love that one of the, so, so the game starts with Kirby sort of getting whisked away into another world and a whole lot of other Kirby characters from, from Dreamland get whisked away as well into this, this new world. And um, I love that the first thing that the Waddle Dees, the, the characters from Kirby, uh, do to rebuild their home is to build themselves a, a, a cinema, basically. That's so you can the go very there and you can thing. watch all the cutscenes. That's the first thing. That's the that's their priority. And literally, the the Waddle Dee working in there is like, yeah, no, nah, we needed entertainment. We had to build entertainment it. is important. And that that was like they 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 knew that would get questioned, and so absolutely <laughs> added a and line made me saying, so happy. Hey, well, this is why it's first. It made me so happy. It's important. <laughs> as a as someone who studied film uh, and and is a video producer, like that, just made me so happy to see him. Like, yes, they get it. The Waddle Dees get it. I like these guys, needs, isn't it? That's uh... <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so yeah, no. But but apart from that, I, I'm really enjoying it so far. I'm looking forward to getting further into it. But actually, yesterday uh, and a few days before that as well, I've been spending a lot of time playing Civilization VI. Been oh, yeah. really, really getting into that. I'm doing terribly at it. I was doing all right for the first 250 rounds, and then I got to like 310, and I realized that I'm getting absolutely smashed by one of my neighboring nations. So. Yeah, it's not going so well for me at the moment, so I may have to start again. But um, it, it's yeah, apart from Age that, of Empire like, isn't it? Is it is it a Sega made one? This one? Uh, no, you're, you're thinking of Total War. Um, Civilization is made by Firaxis, which is okay. the the Sims yep. developers. So, um, yeah, a little more. Yeah, it's, I definitely argue that it's a lot more complex in systems than something like Age of Empires and stuff. Those games are a lot more about just building up your your civilizations and then attacking the other players or, mm. or outlasting them. Uh, through attrition or something like that whereas civilization is just specifically about you're developing your own country you need to manage diplomacy and economics and all that kind of stuff and scientific discovery and and you have a goal which is at least in the i don't know what the goal is at the end of this one but i remember back in the day and like maybe it was civ 4 or civ 5 like you had to be the first ones to build a rocket ship to space and that was when you won basically so it's it's great i love the civilization games they're so much fun yeah so is that on pc you're playing that yeah, I'm playing on PC. It is available on Switch, though, for people. I don't know if it has any of the DLC, though. I can't remember. But uh, I'm playing on Switch uh, on PC, which currently is actually on sale on Steam. Uh, you can get it for like $16 for the base game, or you can get like get it for $43 with all the DLC. And it has like this huge climate change DLC and some other economical DLCs and stuff like that. So it's yeah, really cool. That sounds like a big game. So 40, 43 bucks with the DLC sounds like a pretty good deal. So. Yeah, it's really good. And like one run of a game to, to complete your civilization is like at least eight hours. So yeah, you, know, you just keep coming back and playing and it's just eight hours at a time. It's, it's great fun. Yeah, yeah, nice. So, so how far oh, into um, Kirby have you gotten? What world are you in? I've done the first two stages. Yeah. So I literally just played it like for about half an hour last night before bed. I got up to the, I finished the stage where you get the, the traffic cone um sucking power where you suck up a vacuum uh, a 
traffic cone and you like go upside down and like stomp on dudes um and i finished and i beat that bot so yeah i think that's like the second stage or something like that so i'm really not far at all super early into the game have you played it much yeah um yeah picked it up friday night i'm going to Mm -hmm. i think i'm in the third world now it's like a a deserted theme park kind of stage now and i'm just just really enjoying it in in terms of like i've only played a handful of kirby's before and star allies still leaves a very bad taste in my mouth in terms of, of the Kirby game. Yeah, sure. I've just found that incredibly dull and boring, as, as pretty as it looked. And so yep. going into this one, it just, just, just it looks pretty. It's, the opening was great. That, that soundtrack, that two-minute opening soundtrack. Um, <laughs> in this game? Yeah. Yeah, like with the car and this actual like, voiced song. It, it, I was just like, yeah, this is awesome. It, it <laughs> reminds me of Super Mario 3D World in terms of the 3D-ness of it all. Obviously, a bit more toned down for the younger audience it appeals to. But I was even playing through this third world through a certain stage, and it just reminded me of like Astrobot, kind of. Um, oh, yeah. A bit, a bit of the music and a bit, bit of the platforming oh, yeah. was kind of along those themes. And I thought, this is, yeah, because I, I love playing that. that. Um, that was great on the PS4, PS5 when that came out with the PS5 launching, mm-hmm. and then even on um, VR set, uh, the Astrobot that you can play on that. So. Kind of, kind of getting those kind of vibes with it all, and then with with the co-op option, that's that's really fun as well. So just get actual like another person to play anytime. So yeah, um, I haven't played the co-op mode. Yeah, I'd really like to. Yeah, so it's, so the second player plays as a bandana waddledee, and so um, <laughs> it, it's we. I was playing with my partner Michaela, and we were sort of we we're swapping the controller because uh, bandana waddledee is it, it's cool and all, but he can only do so much in terms of uh, attacking with a spear and doesn't have any of the copy abilities or the mouth mode that kirby does so yeah it's fun to have the second player but also switch it up so we're both being kirby um every second level that's yeah. awesome yeah just enjoying the the abilities it's just a fun easy time you know when you don't want to you want you want to play something that's easy and nothing too taxing or something to think about this is like a great option to put on and actually a, a playthrough so mm. yeah we'll be uh, is there much in the way of is there much in the way of collectibles i know that there are some but like i know that Mario Odyssey, for example, was super into collectibles. Mm, it, it's, um, yeah, so you've got your, Hal just love doing their trophy kind of things with Smash Bros. And, and this is the same here with, with this game. It's um, got these little uh, amiibo-like trophies you collect. And so yep. um, there's some standard ones you can collect hidden throughout the levels. You also collect star coins, which you can use later on to sort of spend at a, at a little vending machine kiosk thing. You turn the, the knob and... A random one will pop out and so yep. there's a whole bunch to collect and you can display them you can read little bios on them as well but um each level's got like three or four different uh things you need to do and so mm-hmm. get doing these will help unlock extra waddle d's which is the purpose of the game to um well, capture help rescue all these captured waddle d's and so there's a bit of i suppose replayability there because they don't show you what all these extra things you need to do are until you finish mm-hmm. the level sometimes Mm-hmm. And so, like, you're thinking there's 10 Waddle Dees to catch in this level. Two of them are tied to this hidden um, mission, but it's not until the end of the level that you realize what you needed to do. And so, I mm-hmm. already know that, you know, I don't think I've fully completed a level yet. I know that I'm just going to be going back into these levels and, and doing something, <laughs> just focusing on the one thing. I think, I think one of them is, like, uh, finish a boss without doing a power-up or things like that, something you wouldn't think to do normally until you're told to do so. And so... 
yeah, a bit of yeah extra repl- uh, replayability through that. So, no, it's, it's been a great time. Just I'm just surprised the jump to 3D hasn't occurred sooner for the franchise. 2022, and we're <laughs> finally getting um finally getting the first proper 2D entry, I suppose. Mm. Well, it's funny because uh, among a lot of Nintendo people, uh, Nintendo fans, um, you know, it's it's often regarded that Kirby is like the herald of the of the death of a console or something like that. Mm. You know, like a, a big Kirby game coming to the system means that the console's on its way out. So, yeah, I don't yeah. think that's the case with the Switch. It, it doesn't seem to be the case. So it's just interesting that this game came out. Uh, this, this might point. be the one um, that yeah counters all the other previous <laughs> ones. Because what is it? Yeah. It's had one for the 3DS that came out pretty late. Um, mm. Roboto, Roboto, what or something like that? Yeah, um, it's called. Yeah, was then, one as well. Did Air Ride come out late for the GameCube? Yep, yep, it did. Uh, sure. There was another one for there was Crystal Shards uh, for the 64. Was that late? Yeah, I think that was later on as well. And then on Wii, there was Kirby's Epic Yarn, but that wasn't especially late. That was like 2010 or something. Still had two more years to go. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a bit odd. Kirby's just a very, very odd franchise in general, I think, mm. in terms of not just like the timing of when it comes out, but just as, a, as the fact that it exists, it's just an odd franchise. Yeah. It's a great franchise, though. I think there's a late one on the Super Nintendo as well, so I think that was another one. Um, but they just released so many games. So, like, you know, over the last 30 years, because it's its 30th anniversary this year, it's been pretty mm. consistent with releases every every couple of years. Yeah, it's enough. So it's been a good time. I've um written down, like, I just... I love this whole mouthful mode bit. And so you just sum <laughs> up different things and, and it's yep. and it's like a copy ability, but it's just very it's very different. Like you're sucking up cars and you can do all these race courses and you're just going through that. There was one mm-hmm. you were, uh, sucked up a um a roller coaster, so just on the roller coaster moving <laughs> along. And so nice. you're just doing these really weird, random, wacky things and so I just love the theming of it a bit more, having this sort of deserted place you're at. But all these sort mm. of, what if a, yeah, a theme park's deserted? What would that look like? There was, yep. a, there was a beach water level for the second one. What, what does that look like kind of thing? And so, uh, yeah, I just love the artistic direction they've gone with it. But um, it, it got me thinking of some real-life people who would have mouthful mode enablement, I would call it. And so I was just looking up <laughs> wacky world records. And so apparently the biggest mouth, how, how how wide do you think the biggest mouth in the world is? In terms of gape diameter, like gape. Or, yeah, I don't know. Four uh, inches. It's four inches, is it? Four inches. Which is, okay, I can see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Subway six foot. I was just about to say two thirds of and a taking away a couple. Yeah, two thirds of a subway half sub. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, pretty big. I mean, but... In order in order to eat like a lot of those. Modern trendy burgers at burger joints. I guess you'd need a gape of that size to be able to. Yeah, like, they, they get a bit big now. Layers of junk. So, so he yeah. could do the Kirby in one go. <laughs> That's right. Guzzle yeah. that up. The heaviest weight supported by the mouth is 173.5 kilos. Wow. Okay. By a person from the Czech Republic. Um, did it on a um, TV show, I think. If I'm okay. reading that correctly. Were they like biting down on something, something like a weight, and then lifting it, or? I believe so. Yeah. Or, or was okay. attached to the mouth somehow. So um, interesting. Good for them. I think Kirby could do that <laughs> with a few items as well. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he lifts up, he, he sucks up a whole car. So I'm like, yeah, can, can do all of that. <laughs> so they, these are the human Kirby's, I'm calling them. <laughs> so there was a man from South Korea held in his mouth 14 seconds a piece of metal, which was the size of a silver dollar, 
heated to the temperature of 487 degrees Celsius. What? For That's 14 insane. seconds. Oh my gosh, how like blistered would his mouth be yeah, after like, that? Yeah, like has his tongue just got a massive hole now? Just the, the coins just melted through. I, I don't Yeah, know. I'd imagine it would have. No, yeah. no thanks. But he did it for That's 14 seconds and he has a record now. So. That's some pain Olympic stuff mm-hmm. right there. So like... I, I just think of the Homer Simpson episode where he, what, what does he put in with his the, mouth? With or the like chili. Candle wax or something. So he can um, eat the world's hottest yeah, chili. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, yeah, I just get right. that, those vibes. He's just stuffed himself with <laughs> the, like, like wax just to, just to do that. I don't know. Never mind, never mind that wax melts. That's the whole point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but 14 seconds for that hot. I just, no. Nah, I, I can't yeah, comprehend nah. it. The most needles threaded with the mouth in one minute is 101. And it was achieved by a person from China on the set of CCTV, uh, Guinness World Records. They had a special for it. This was 11 years ago. 101 needles in 60 seconds. That means that yeah. they would put threaded 101 needles. Two, they would put almost two in every second. Yeah. That's bonkers. That one and a half every second. No. That's some great time no. action. That's, that's amazing. No. No? No, thanks. Oh, I wouldn't even bother. And then, and then the last <laughs> one I had was the most bottle caps moved with the, uh, sorry, moved with the mouth. So I've got written moved here, but I don't know if it's opened. I, I don't know about this one. Is forty five right, okay. in thirty seconds. So bottle again, caps, that's pretty okay. good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Imagine we'd chip some tooth teeth. Yeah, there. there's always someone you know though who does it with their mouth though. It's just, yeah. Uh, yeah. Just yeah. That weird party trick people have. I don't know, man. I don't know why people are messing around with their mouths. It's like you don't get that back. It's like with That's your right. eyes, you don't get those back. Brush your you don't teeth, mess with those. Look after your mouth. Fingers, they're fine. You got you got ten of those. <laughs> I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that with my. Wouldn't do that with my mouth. That's right. So, yep, real life Kirby's <laughs> right there. I don't want to be him, but um, there you go. So, beyond Kirby, I have um also been playing a little bit of um, continuing my first ever playthrough of Earthbound. So Mother Two. I don't know if you Very played nice. this before, Angelo. I started it when it came out on Switch Online. No, I started. Sorry, I started it when uh, the SNES Mini came out, and I played it on and off a couple mm. of years after that. But I haven't finished yet. I can't even remember where I'm up to. I've gotten pretty far in it. Have but, you gotten yeah, um, a lot of characters? Yes. There's oh, there's Lucas. There's Pooh. What's the girl's name again? Paula. Paula. And what's the fourth one? Jeff. I believe I have. Is Jeff for, uh, before Lucas or after? Uh, Ness, you mean? I think. Um, oh wait, so oh yeah, sorry, I'm getting I'm getting the game confused. Yeah, so yeah, I do have all four. Yeah, yeah so Ness, Lucas, uh, Ness, Jeff, Paula, and Pooh. Yeah, I have all four of them. Yeah, yeah. So it's okay, a wild so you, ride, you, you're man. It's a well in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I've just picked up Pooh. Yeah, um, yep. I, I, I'm I'm just laughing because I'm getting all these references now from Super Smash Bros. So obviously right, I've never, yeah, yeah. you play Super Smash Bros, you look at these weird characters and, you know, the 10 year old kid's laughing because there's a character called Pooh and I'm just like, what's this, <laughs> what's this game from? I'm like, her mother, there's man, a, what's that? There's a great story about, I don't know, a few years ago um, that someone was trying to set their username up to be something Pooh on, on some Nintendo service. I can't remember what it was. And um, their name ended up getting banned. Or was it Steam or something? Like that? Whatever. Their name got banned. Yeah. And they disputed. They're like, "What? Why, why are you banning my name?" They're like, "You know, because you've you've got a, a cuss word in there." He's like, "No, no, it's it's it's. I'm literally referring to the character from Earthbound, like one of my favorite games of all time." I thought that was just the funniest thing that yeah, that yeah. Nintendo stepped stepped in it, as it were. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know the background of the name, 
yeah, I mean, what it means. I'm sure it's a translation thing. For the Western translation, it's quite funny. So, mm. yeah, just gotten Poo now. So he's in my team. Um, so I suppose fully stacked now with the four characters. Um, just gotten mm-hmm. through. It's a jungle area called Deep Darkness. I don't know if you've uh, done that one yet. You needed the Hawkeyes to, to see through it. I don't think I've gotten that far. It's been a f- couple of years since I last played it. I remember, remember getting poo. You're in the in the the mountains or something like that. Mm. You're in some sort of like lost little city. Um, or something. Yeah. Yeah, the monastery. That's right. And then, ah, oh, see, it's all it's all out of order in my in my brain. I think I got up to a point where I'm, I went into a cave and then there was some aliens, or something like that. That checks out. That sounds right. Yeah, I, I, it's been a couple of years. I got to get back into it. I was thinking of getting back into it on the on the Switch app instead mm. because it has save states. Yeah, it has the save states. Um, it's no, just my first time. I've, I've played Mother 3, and so I played that one first, and then I was waiting for um, uh, Mother 2 to come to the Switch mm. to give that a proper go. Um, mm-hmm. And, and just, just, just a fun, wacky game. I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I have to currently find for these little creatures. Um, they're very shy, and they can't tell me where to go next, so I have to find a book about getting over shyness for them. I think that, I think I've been up to there actually. I think that's where I'm up to. Okay, yeah, so you yeah, have yeah. done the jungle area then. Yeah. Yeah, I must have. That's yeah, right. That rings a bell. So yeah. Yeah, so that's what I'm currently doing. Uh, working through that. I, I I just love the random stuff that just happens. I'm just laughing every you know, every ten minutes. And there's there's always a funny little quip or little little phrase that's going on. It's just you know. I just I, love I really the, uh, most, like it. No. Mostly what I like about it is, of course, the soundtrack. The soundtrack is amazing. I'm mm. being a musician. Like, awesome. The soundtrack is, is fantastic. And there have been so many great rearrangements and covers of the music since then. Um, yes. And I'll get back to that in a second. Um, but um, what, I, what I also love about it is um, just how contemporary the game is. Because it was, at least in my mind, it's, it's the earliest example of an RPG that I can remember, like a video game RPG that is set in the modern day. I mean, when yeah. people think about RPGs at the time, apart from like Pokemon or something like that, I guess. I guess that counts as well, actually. But at but, the time, that's like, a you fancy know, RPGs... world, I feel. This is kind of like, you know, what would happen if aliens came to our world and this is what would happen. Right. Yeah. Right. So like, yeah, um, you know, RPGs before that were all fantasy things. Or if you're playing Final Fantasy, maybe it's more futuristic in some respects. But yeah, yeah like Earthbound was set like sort of in the 90s. Like you got a baseball bat, you know, you call your parents, uh, they send you money, you watch TV, all those kinds of things. Um, yep. You got a friend who, who sits in his backyard tinkering away with explosives, like, you know, yeah. just normal, <laughs> normal eight-year-old things. So, yeah, it was, it was great. I love, I love Earthbound. I, I should really get back into playing it. But um, going back to the soundtrack, though, if anyone here wants to listen to some fantastic Earthbound music, um, one of my favorite um, bands of all time is um, the Super Soul Brothers or Super Soul Bros. And um, they haven't really put too much out recently, but there was an album they put out in like 2017, I want to say, called Motherload, which was an entire album of just covers of Earthbound music. And they did one chart um, with a crossover with um, Mega Ran, um, where they did the battle music from Earthbound, where he raps over the top of it and stuff. But like, yeah, the, the first couple of tunes in particular, like where they do a track mode and they do some of the other um, town themes, they're so, so, so good. I highly recommend it. It's on Spotify, but go buy it on Bandcamp or something. It's it's so good. Wow, okay. Fantastic. Super Soul Bros, eh? Yeah, they, they do funk covers of um, video game music. They, they've got a live album on YouTube where they uh, they did some music from Sonic as well and uh, Chemical Zone from Sonic 2 is phenomenal. It's so good. Yeah, nice. I'll check them out after this. That's Yeah, yeah they're um, really good. Yeah, I, I've seen yeah, a few... Yeah, covers of these Earthbound tracks, and yet yeah, I, I I agree. I think the music's amazing. 
mm. I, again you listen to it in smash pros and like this is yeah it's, <laughs> this weird game has some cool music i, I do remember so yeah. Um, I also just love the idea of like a bunch of kids hanging out with a hanging out with a swing band. Yeah. Um, again, I forget their name. Um, but like, there's just this whole like arc where you're just five. hanging out with like, that's it with the Runaway Five. You're just yeah. hanging out with these these like mid forties musicians, and you ride on a bus with them to another town. It's just like, I guess that's normal. <laughs> yeah. I was um I had um Anto from Hack the Dino podcast a couple of weeks ago, and I was just mentioning to him like um I, I was just in one of the towns. I can't remember which one, but uh, you see a hooker. That's right. <laughs> the game's designed for you to follow and see it, and then you get trapped, and it's all a trap. But it's just like you're like, that's of right. Course they, of course, they know you're going to follow it. You see this lady it looks like a hooker. You're going to go in there and see what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Just little things like that. That's great. So, it's so good. Yeah, a cult classic that I wish more people uh, played. Absolutely. The um, other game I've been playing is Advance Wars on the Wii U Virtual Console. So the um, the remake one and two reboot camp got delayed for um fair enough reasons obvious reasons so i thought um Mm -hmm. i already had it on the wii u hadn't played it but i thought i'll give it a proper go now and um not knowing when the remake would come out and just having really fun time with the how you know it's it's like a fire emblem game but set in a modern time Mm. talking about a contemporary Mm. thing as well so don't know if you played these before but it's there's more to it than i originally thought there would be I, i i looked at the Nintendo Direct last year when they announced the Advance Wars remake. And I just looked and I thought, I just looked a bit like a basic kind of, not much to it, just seeing more of it and with the different sort of frigate classes and the air, sea, um, all the different artillery units you can get. There's a lot of complexity there. And a lot of times I'm looking at the, the functionality of what my, my unit can do, what they can attack and can't attack and, um, and the like. So I don't know if you played these before, Angelo. Um, no, I never played the Advance no. Wars series. Um, some of my Vootcast co-hosts are, are super into it, though, particularly Ollie. But yeah, uh, I didn't really play a whole lot of strategy games coming out. Um, I've only, for example, I've only recently just gotten into um, I say recently. I only just got into Fire Emblem Three Houses when that came out. So that was, you know, I wasn't really big into strategy games or anything like that. Not that I have anything against them. They just weren't the kind of games I jumped into at the time. Yeah, no, fair enough. I am, um, yeah, Three Houses. What was my proper first Fire Emblem, I suppose. Played a little bit of um, Path of Radiance on the GameCube. Um, mm-hmm. but that was about it. So, now this is now this is really fun. So, there's, they've even got like a, a War Room feature, which is about um, capturing sort of bases. Um, the more that you capture, the more sort of funds that come in. And so, you can use that to fund okay. your battles. And so, you want to capture land and sort of suppress the enemy that way. So, different ways you can go about it. If you want to go through air more or there might be a bit of water on the map that you can utilize um, mm. to, to do what you need to do. So like you can do like pincer movements, a, a few sort of yeah. little things you can do, a bit like an actual battle. Mm. They're really good fun. I'll um, keep playing that and, and, and await <laughs> the actual remake when it does come out eventually. I just realized I misspoke before. I meant to say tactics games. I wasn't really into tactics games. Strategy games I'm into. Yeah. Like, yeah, Civ, but, yeah. like the Civ series and stuff. But yeah, tactics games where it's very grid-based is... Kind of where I never really like jumped headfirst into, but yeah, you haven't been playing Triangle Strategy then. No, no, I haven't played that. I, again, that's one that does look cool, mostly for mm. the art style. So I'm interested in that, but probably won't play it anytime soon. Yeah, played played a bit of the demo and enjoyed it, but just like yeah, that's it. I've got so many other games to play that I'll eventually pick it up. I'm sure and yeah. give it a go. Yeah. Alrighty, 
So we've got some news items now. We've talked a lot about Kirby already, so I'm happy to go through <laughs> the next items. Oh, I, this is this is massive. Folders now on the Nintendo Switch, <laughs> or, or groups as Nintendo refers to yeah. them. So this came with the latest firmware update, version 14.0.0, the other week. So the addition of groups. So they're like folders, but I think in, in terms of uh, what you can do, I suppose you can. They're not on the home menu, firstly, which is annoying. So you've got to scroll all the way to the right to your old software listing. You can then press another button to see the folders, and then you can create them, or you can view the ones you currently have. You can, can create like up to 100 or something, and you can have, I think it's either you can have up to 100 folders, or you can have up to 100 games within a folder. Mm, it, yeah, it, there's a lot. Myself. Yeah, yeah, so like I'm not going to do that, but... um. So yeah, you can create a whole bunch of groupings um, the way you like. It's something people have been calling out for, for, for five years since the Switch came out because <laughs> we've been so used to the, the Wii U and the 3DS functionality that we've had with the, the, the home menu. So have you uh, played around with this yet, Angelo? Any thoughts? Yeah, I jumped in. Uh, I, was, I was having a look at it last night again while I was playing um, Kirby. It's, yeah, I'm glad that you know Nintendo has finally gotten around to that five-year checklist of grievances people have had with the system that's one to tick off so far another one that they did was the the um supporting bluetooth headsets mm. late last year so you know that's two still waiting for themes yeah, um themes. but okay. um but yeah i mean like it's it's useful it's it's typical nintendo where it's a monkey's paw situation where it's like oh yeah we'll give you this new function but there is a limitation that's on right it. monkey's and paw of I like course, that. yeah and of course it's that you know the the, the folders or the groups aren't on the the main screen which is where you would want them for convenience but like you know if you instead of having to scroll all the way to the right though you can just flick left from the main screen and that yes takes you back to the opposite side so there is that I, I i can see why some people might dislike that they're called groups rather than folders but i think actually groups themselves the way the groups functions um probably has one up over folders in that you're not putting the icons themselves into a folder and then that's where they stay rather um you're categorizing them into a group so that means you can actually have games in multiple groups rather than yep. just in a folder once so that is an upside to that as well again but the inconvenience of not being able to put it into your home screen you know is kind of stupid but yeah nintendo gone in nintendo that's all right if, if they could have i don't know uh, they might be worried about the flutteredness of it all if you got you, you know they like to display the last 12 games i think you've played you can scroll across like that um whether you could swap that out to have the groups shown instead i think that might be something people would like or, or having both you know two rows yeah, or just or even just giving it like another vertical page you know you just flick up and you yeah. go to another row or something like that of groups yeah and they're there. There, there are so many ways that they could do it the fact that it took them five years and 14 full updates to think okay not folders let's do groups you know it's kind of like all right sure yeah you're right it's um yeah this whole generation has been very much not focusing on the ui it's just the games they're purely focused on they've got the, the cool hardware and then let's not worry about the, the ui that's uh, just to yeah. get the games out so this has been very much a second thought for nintendo so have you what what folders have you done so far because i've i've done a digital one because it, it's, it's aesthetically pleasing to have you know some of them like you know a pokemon folder or group and to have mm -hmm. all the all there but i can't do much because i've all my most of my games are physical and so it's just about removing the cartridge putting the new one in and then um playing it that way so i've got a mm. digital folder which is really handy 
So that's got all the ones I own digitally and you can just probably a bit of a quick way to sort of access it that way. What mm. ones do you have? So I put together um, the the retro apps into just a retro folder just because I don't have yeah. just the Australian versions. I also have the Japanese and the American ones because there mm. are some extra games here and there. So I put all those together. It's now like, you know, there's seven apps in one folder rather than, you know, having to go all the way back like four years of games to, to yeah. find the Japanese one, for example. But um, I've also got a second folder just of indies just for more visibility. I figure because I, I also don't buy a lot of digital games like you know the, the bigger releases that would be physical i don't buy them digitally i'd rather just stick to them as physical copies um so i figure if i'm, if I'm ever going to play those games i'm going to pop in the cartridge and they're going to be showing up right there at the beginning of the list anyway so there's no point really in putting them in a group or anything but yeah that's all i have just retro and indie so far yeah so we'll nice. see how it goes yeah and my um indies are probably a good one i'll, I'll just yeah play around with it if i feel like and um hmm. yeah it's, well, like it's, said, it's like just if, a nice to have really that's all yeah and like i mentioned before like because there's groups you know you could there's crossover there so you, you can have your action games and your strategy games and your indie games and you could have you know two or three games in all of those groups so hmm. that's that's the that's the upside just to groups instead of folders i guess yeah that's it i've also done like a co-op or a jackbox one because I, I love the jackbox games and i've got like oh, yeah. i think three to eight on the on my switch and so group them together Mm-hmm. Could, could do like a co-op one multiplayer option something like that so yeah, yeah just if you've you know, got mates around and what do you want to play maybe get a, a group up of games that's probably more likely to be yeah. played something like that so yeah for sure yeah that's it alrighty um, so we heard this week about Dragalia lost the mobile game um, their last update's going to be coming this uh, this winter or summer depending where you live uh, winter southern hemisphere summer in the northern so this is a mob- mobile RPG game that came out September 2018, so nearly four years ago. And it's a mobile game set in a kingdom filled with dragons. And so uh, this was completely new to me in terms of I had never heard of the game. And so I didn't know much really? about it. And so wow. it's going to uh, last update later this year. And then uh, eventually they've said in their update here that they'll announce a final date when the um, service will end completely. Angela, have you played these before? And um, what are your thoughts on on this closure? Uh, well, I don't really. I've never played Dragalia Lost. It was installed on my phone for about a year, or a year and a half. Yeah. With the intention of playing it, and then I was like, nah. So <laughs> yeah, I've, I've never played the game. Don't really know what it's about. You know, as you mentioned, it's got dragons in it and stuff. So it's pretty mm. unique in that sense. Not really. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, that's the thing about online games. I mean, it, pretty much all mobile games these days are online in a sense. You know, they'll require an internet connection for you to, to do things, especially if it's free to play. Mm. So, and the game was also quite niche from what I understand. It was it was probably one of the more smaller demographics of, of the Nintendo games that they've released on mobile. So um, it makes sense that the game would be getting shut down. Although, you know, four years for a mobile game, it's not too bad. Um, Pokemon Go is going strong, but that's one of the more successful ones, you know, so. Yeah, it's a real outlier, um, that one, I feel. Um, yeah, so so if you were to compare different. the games, that, would, that wouldn't that would really be much of a competition. So the fact that it stuck it out for four years, I'd imagine it probably had a bigger audience in Japan as well. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I agree. I think um, games come and go more bigger in Japan and um, Nintendo is definitely moving away from the mobile gaming. I think they've even said that in the latest uh, investor meeting. So, you know, there's, not as much appetite for these sort of games. I think they're just going to 
now focus again on their hardware um, and the software that they make for it. So, um, I think the, the type of games that people play on mobile have changed as well. Um, and it does, the, you know, some games trend higher than others and it, it's constantly changing. The landscape of mobile game is constantly change, changing. 10 years ago, it was tower defense games. Then it was puzzlers. Then it was narrative games. And then it was, you know, uh, you know, gotcha games and all that kind of stuff. So it, it's every year, it's, it's four or five new trends. So it's always changing. Mm, that's it. So... I downloaded it just to play a little. Um, I think I did 10 minutes and then I had to download another update or something. And so my phone's already brimming to the bit full of uh, lack of memory. So I need to move a few things around, I think, if I'm going to play it. But um, mm. let's be honest, probably not. And probably don't plan to <laughs> put any money into it either. But um, always a shame from the point of view of game preservation and, you know, what will happen going forward. I guess I did... Game preservation is an interesting topic for mobile gaming in particular because mm. games like Dragalia Last, I, I would go on the record to argue that a lot of them are specifically for money-making rather than creating an interesting game itself. So whether or not games like that need to be preserved is is a larger debate, I feel. Um, not that I'm trying to get into an argument with you or anything like that. Okay. Um, I just mean like it, it's, it's interesting because, you know, a lot of these games that do run on randomness and people constantly injecting money into them it's like okay well how do you preserve that they're not made to last decades they're not made with a particular narrative or a drive to uh engage the player in a in an artistic or interesting sense in that regard it's specifically just a, a, an avenue for the company at the time to make money making a game really so yeah, it's, it's an I'm, interesting discussion to have yeah and uh, we did it's uh, you know these games are trying to hit that dopamine hit and trying to you know get you to keep playing it and then whether you mm. know i don't think they're generally as beloved as these other games we're seeing on on the consoles that you yeah i agree you definitely want to be preserved more so than these mobile ones mm. um it's at the end of the day business is a business decision and seems like uh, you know not as many people are playing it and paying money for it and so nintendo just you know cut it and it's just how it goes mm. as sad as it is all righty we've had a few games on the NSO over the last couple of months. We've had usually once one a month for the 64, but we've just had some Sega Mega Drive ones as well. So mm -hmm. Light Crusader, Super Fantasy Zone, and Alien Soldier, which I hear is the good one to play out of the three. A really good action <laughs> game made by Treasure. So um, you said you're a Sega boy. So have you? Did you play Absolutely. these? Absolutely. Yeah. I didn't play these at the at the time, so a lot of the Sega games that I played were just the more popular ones. Because again, I was a kid at the time, you know, didn't have a, a rich family, so we didn't have too many games or anything like that at the time. But yeah, I did jump into these ones uh, over the weekend, or at least two of them. <laughs> I'll start with Alien Soldier. That is a that is a wild game. It's a very odd one. Uh, That's wacky. In the in the sense when you, when you compare it to something like Gunstar Heroes, which is already kind of a weird game as well. Um, made by Treasure. I mean, Gunstar Heroes is kind of the darling of Treasure games at the time. Um, but playing this game, my goodness. So I actually have um, the intro to the game open here in another window. I was kind of thinking maybe it'd be a joke to kind of run through the opening text crawl, which literally is about three minutes long when you start the game. I, I struggle through never, <laughs> Yeah, and it is never referred to ever again throughout the entire game. It gives you this huge exposition dump, the, the backstory... Yeah of you know the targaryens versus the whatever whatever you want to call it but like it's just absolutely bonkers and then not nah, it's all that just just pick your weapon and go out and shoot some fools that's all it is yeah <laughs> it's so funny 
yeah, I, I thought but, that was um, so, so random. Yeah, I, I, I lost interest at the end there. I'm just like, can I just play? <laughs> I lost interest like two paragraphs in, but I'm like, look, I've come this far. Yeah. I still had so much further to go. <laughs> Gameplay-wise, it's, it's interesting. It's trying to do the Gunstar Heroes thing where with Gunstar Heroes, like you get you can get two different weapons and you can combine them and then you you get different combinations of weapons and um, you, know, you can get really good ones or really crappy ones. And this game sort of does something similar where you choose like up to three or four different weapons or you can just have all the same types and stuff and again they do combine them to some degree but it's also just super hard it is a really hard game even with the save states and i kind of gave up on it after a while it looks cool but man it is so difficult um, you just get really overwhelmed the boss fights are super hard i got i got nailed like so many times by the first boss and there's like 25 of them so damn yeah, really i think, oh, I think no. i'm out of that one mm, yeah. okay and then and then uh light crusader oh, no not light crusader super fantasy zone Wait, no, which one was I playing? Whichever one is the side, the shmup that's like on a side perspective. I think it might be Super Fantasy Zone. I can't remember. Um, but basically, just like this little this little ship that's just shooting these giant flower dudes. And um, I actually really enjoyed that one. It's kind of resogunny or R-type-y in a way. But it was really enjoyable. Super difficult as well. Um, but I'm a big sucker for shmups. So really spam those save states if you want to continue further in that game. But I think that was... Yeah. I think that one's the top pick out of the three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Good to see they're adding more games continually. I think the service is picking up now in terms of pace, in terms of um, getting a decent selection. There's there was already a lot of uh, Mega, Mega Drive games to begin with when it first launched. Yeah. Well, so so I'm I'm genuinely impressed that they're I'm genuinely impressed that they're supporting the the Mega Drive um, app because you know it's it's this Nintendo you'd expect them to really support more of their own stuff and the mm. fact that the Mega Drive is even on there. Um, to begin with, um, be great if we got a Master System one as well. But oh well, I'll take what I can get. But, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's 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 great that they're at least putting out some new games. Um, would be great to get them a little more regularly, like the Nintendo games and stuff. Um, Mega Drive has just it does have genuinely a wealth of great games. It was kind of the PlayStation at the time where there were just so many developers developing for it because it mm. was it was the dominant console of the era like it was outpacing um the super nintendo for games so developers were flocking to it plus it was more powerful so there were some fantastic games some great soundtracks but um yeah i want i want two crude dudes damn it it's like one of the the crappiest best games you'll find on the mega drive it's so good it's yeah. I, I want that bring that out nintendo yeah, two well, crude dudes and they're releasing uh, a lot so hopefully they do yeah they probably won't the, it's too bad but it's too so bad good. is it <laughs> they're not worth it like Superman sixty four, not gonna, not gonna happen at all. Oh, it's it's not quite that bad. Um, but like it's just a, it's another side scrolling, platformy, um, uh, brawler, uh, co op brawler, um, set in the post apocalypse. Uh, so in, in like an eighties punk post post apocalypse. So it's it's terrible in that sense, very kind of B movie, but it's so much fun. It's so stupid. I love yeah. it. Nice, that'd be good. I just love you know hearing about. Some of these games for the first time and randomly playing them and um mm. very much um sort of appreciating these sort of older games because uh mm. um i've mentioned this on the show before but you know i grew up with you know 3d is king and anything that's not 3d sucks and so i feel like my mm. gaming childhood was uh, uh <laughs> sadly um missing a lot of those great 2d games that i just never never played so it's been great to sort of come back and play a lot of these now even things yeah, like uh, yeah. Symphony of the Night, yeah. you know, finally getting around to playing Super Metroid a few years ago, um, the Castlevania is mm-hmm. now just, yeah, just some, some great sort of older titles to play and enjoy. Mm. Yeah, um, absolutely. 
on on the sixty four, we, we're going to get Kirby in the Crystal Shards. We're going to get Mario Golf, and we're going to get new, uh, not new, uh, the original Pokemon Snap. What's some other games you'd be keen to see? On the- oh boy, one of the best N sixty four games ever developed needs to come to this app, and that is the Mystical Ninja starring Goemon. One of the best mascot platformers ever created. It's fantastic. Yeah. It is the the corniest, most bonkerest uh, platforming game. But it was developed like that. It's so campy. The trans like the, the 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 translation team really did well with that one. It's written so well. It's hilarious. Um, it's set in like f- sort of feudal Japanish, but it has all these modern day references. The boss battles. There are boss battles where you jump into your giant robot friend, um, uh, Impact, who is actually an actor in Hollywood. You know, it's 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 so ridiculous. It's so stupid. It turns into this big like mech battle, um, and it's all <laughs> it was all made in like 1998. It's so good. It's fantastic. So definitely, the Mystical Ninja starring Goemon needs to come. But you know, it's a Konami game, so who knows if they'll ever release that IP? Um, Maybe to a, a, a pokey. Poke machine, they might do it for that. But, I'm, uh, I'm sure. I'm sure there's a pachinko know, machine out there with, the with going one slapped across it. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the the last game to come out in that series was on the Nintendo DS, I believe, in like 2004, 2005, or something like that. So I doubt very much we're going to get another release. But genuinely, it's one of the best mascot platformers on the system. Um, yeah. well, we, but we apart got, from um, that, Bloodlines on the Mega Drive offering through Konami. So yeah. you know, it's possible. And I'd true. love to see these these two Castlevania 64 games come to the service. I know yeah. the first one's not, not great, but um, uh, what's the second one? Uh, Darkness, um, something like that. Um, I didn't play that one, I'm not sure. Yeah, apparently but, um, it, it's, it's a better version. So yeah, just love to yeah. see those ones. So the, the thing, it's interesting though, because like the thing about like a lot of the, the bad games, quote unquote bad games, we'll call them, which I would definitely call, on mm. uh, like the NES and Super Nintendo uh, apps, like they, they tend to just, be kind of just bad games. Mm. Um, a lot of the ones on the N64, while they may be bad in some sense, like they're still interesting. They they were also experimenting with 3D as well. Um, so you know there, there were games that were transitioning. Some of them at least were transitioning from 2D into 3D. So even if they were bad, like it's interesting to see why they were bad. Like mm. like Castlevania, for example. Like you know one of the most beloved 2D platformers you know, of the time and, you know, afterwards as well in the 2000s on the Nintendo DS. But to see it try to transition to, into 3D and seeing that it, it, the fact that it was received so badly, it's it, interesting to actually see why it's bad and to learn from it and compare it to other games and even to find if anything was good about it or anything like that. So N64 Completely is an interesting agree. era yeah. where I've, where they should be releasing some of the, the quote-unquote bad games. Because um, I'm thinking of other mascot, mascot players like um, Chameleon Twist, or even Glover, even though Glover's getting a, a re-release or something like that, it got announced about a week ago. You know, there are there are so many games on the N64 that won't get seen again. Um, I'm thinking of like Extreme G, or um, hell, even even the, the terrible South Park first-person shooter game. Like that's another no. one that we'll probably never see ever again. Yeah. So just things like that. There are a lot of games that are lost to time that should come back in some sense somehow. Mm. So I'm I'm holding out. Yeah, you're right. Because yeah, these games aren't maybe going to be masterpieces, but yet yeah, just to, to to experience them and, and see why you know that they are the way they are. And just you know, if, if I play that Castlevania game for an hour, I'm just like yeah, I understand why it's bad now. Or oh yeah, that's it. There's a quirk to it. Yeah, you know, I've experienced it now, kind of thing. At least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At, at, at a minimum, so hopefully they can announce some more games and it gets supported for for a long time to come. We don't want mm. to 
a stage where it becomes every six months there's a new game like it has with the oh uh, man ness and we'll see and yeah we'll see <laughs> i'm not i'm not hopeful as i've voiced on the bookcast many times i am not hopeful but we'll see yeah and, and, and we're, we're missing that schedule if they committed like first of the month or something there's a new game you know or, or three games across the different services something like that that would be good but yeah nintendo's being yeah. nintendo and you'll get it when you get it if you do it all yeah so. that's it and you're gonna love it damn it you're gonna, you better love it yeah. god damn it yeah yeah uh, we're also increasing the price um <laughs> the last item i had was about the wii shop being down so this was the other week just randomly um so the shops hasn't been you, know, you can't buy stuff off the shop for years now but the actual mm-hmm. shop completely is down um so those who had games who wanted to re-download ones they had previously purchased um couldn't and i still believe can't it's it's still down um so i had a few people freaking out as to why this was um and it wasn't until the other day that they uh, nintendo themselves made an announcement um just saying that uh, the wii shop and the nintendo dsi shop are currently undergoing maintenance and they'll provide an update later just just something out of the blue that they didn't call out straight away and you know it just, just shows that they can flick that switch at any moment if they really wanted to mm. and would they would yeah. they say anything to it would they just let it yeah so that's it right died died with a died with a whimper instead of a bang yeah that's it so not not that newsworthy but you know just uh just something that's just happened so just just mm. with the wii u and the 3ds shops with their recent announcement i thought um something similar to that so yeah. that's anything noteworthy for the news to end this i thought it'd be cool to sort of discuss the switch has been out for five years now and they've they've released and made so many games whether it's some of the you know the the tried and tested Mario's and Zelda's to getting Wii U port ported to the Switch um, or games ported to the Switch, and in between they've tried releasing new IPs like Arms and Ring Fit Adventure, these really fun games. But also they've also tried a few new ones that haven't been you know seen the day of light for years. You know like a proper 2D Metroid. And a new entry in the WarioWare. I know we got gold a few years ago, but a proper new one. And so I was just wondering, what's one? Just made a list of the top three IPs that haven't seen any sort of representation on the Switch that I'd like to see um, actually come onto this the actual console. So I, I just made a list of the top three, but then I just looked at what else isn't on the Switch, and there's a whole bunch of different things they haven't done before. I suppose the big one for me was. I'm really keen on a Kid Icarus coming just because of, I saw this week, it's been 10 years since Uprising on the 3DS actually mm. came to the 3DS there. So long time between drinks for that um, game to now and then even before that game because that was, I suppose, their attempt to reignite um, some passion for it. It was made by Sakurai who makes the Super Smash Bros. games and so... It's not something we really have on the Switch at the moment, that sort of rail 3D shooter, so to speak. Very similar to Sin and Punishment, I suppose. What's what's one that you'd be keen to sort of see come back? Um, I guess bringing it full circle uh, and making myself in, even sadder knowing it's never going to happen. But I would love, I would love, 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 love um, to see a reboot, reimagined treatment of um, Mario versus Donkey Kong. Oh, sorry, Donkey Kong 94. Yep. on the GameCube, much like um, Link's Awakening did. Um, I would love to just see a very cutesy toy-like version of it um, 
for the Switch. Um, I think it'd be perfect. It's time to bring that game back out. Donkey Kong, uh, you know, was Nintendo's first ever major Nintendo video game um, that kickstarted their entire video game business, um, even in the sense, you know, of introducing new characters. Um, it's the first time we saw Donkey Kong, first time we saw Mario, um, all that kind of stuff. So I think that would be a really great way to sort of reflect back on its history and, um, you know, give it new levels, give it an online mode or something like that. Mm. But, you know, it'll never happen, unfortunately. But yeah, so you mean sorry. like the Mario B Donkey Kong as well? I suppose that's the kind of thing. The I mean, that's that's, that's what become. Yeah. So so the series spun off from that, but it ended up going in completely different directions. You know, then it became yeah. like you know March of the Minis, and then it became basically mm. a Toy Factory type thing. We've yeah. wind up Mario's, whereas Donkey Kong, the original Donkey Kong arcade game, you know, it, its sequel was Mario Kart, uh, Mario. Oh my god, even I'm getting it wrong. The sequel to Donkey Kong from the arcade was Donkey Kong '94. Yeah, it start it. Starts off with the first four stages from the Donkey Kong arcade games, and then you've got 96 other stages completely separate mm. from that game. And it, it does its own thing. You get new modes. Um, actually, wrote, uh, tried, tried to pitch an article about this to a few places uh, about the history of the game being the very first Mario game to have cutscenes. It's, you know, it has all these new gameplay elements. It's where we first see Mario do a backflip, um, his, his more acrobatic side. Mm. He does handstands, uh, he's the triple jump. It was the first appearance of the triple jump, all these type of things that he's known for now. So yeah, I think I think that game in particular would would be a fantastic uh effort in remastering if it was given to like Grezzo or something like that, the same studio yeah. that did Link's Awakening. But like I said, it'll never happen. <laughs> oh, I mean, I, I'd love to see that. I would um yeah, because I didn't know those first, because that's yeah, I've always heard how amazing the game is and and, and what it means and it's how perfect of a game people hold it to, and so mm. um, and it still whether, holds up, man. Like if if you can yeah. play a ROM of it, or or get your hands on a Game Boy cartridge or a Super Nintendo, uh, mm. sorry, Super Game Boy cartridge as well, or something, it's it's it legitimately like without hyperbole, it, it is a perfect video game. It's yeah. so good and it holds up so well. Yeah, I um might get it on one of the virtual console on the uh, it would be on the 3DS or the. It, wouldn't be on the Wii it is on 3ds yeah, yeah i remember it was on 3DS. sale for like a dollar or something like that which is when i picked it up back in like 2014. yeah it's so good it's worth yeah i'll um they won't have any more sales i'm sure until the end of the year you'll be paying full price if you want any of those games now so yeah um absolutely yeah definitely will be one i reckon i'll pick up yeah nice i um also thought i've talked about this before on the show but golden sun i would love to see mm. get that's one that crops up every now and again in these kinds of discussions back. i find yeah, the yeah. one, you know, Nintendo's answer to Final Fantasy, you know, but they just don't make the turn-based RPGs these days, do they? I know they do Pokemon, also, but beyond that. So God's, Golden Sun wasn't specifically a Nintendo IP. That was, um, was it Gameloft or Sunsoft? One of those. So I think Nintendo published it, but it, mm. yeah, it wasn't developed by them, though. But they did have a, a, it was a series that was only on the Game Boy Advance, I believe. I don't think it came anywhere else. That is so, DS but that would be a good version. one. Was there a DS version? Okay. There's a third entry on the DS, yeah. So Right, 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 right. Yeah, so that's yeah, last one. So that one would be a good one to get back, yeah. Yeah, so again, uh, you can play the originals on, on the uh, on the Wii U, so um, pick them up in the meantime, because I don't think, like you said, just like uh, the Donkey Kong ones, I don't really see them coming back anytime soon. So Yeah, um, it's a shame. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Earthbound Mother would love to see that, but... After playing F Zero X, I would just love to see Nintendo have a proper go at 
of the new entry in the series for oh man every everyone wants f-zero to come back yeah my and god then, and then just after you know you're playing cruising before and you know what they've done with blast you know it's yeah that they they could Which, really make it like some really fun sort of gameplay and modes and, and the online sort of aspect of it would, would just be awesome well just just the fact that um captain falcon is just such a he's such a popular character just not mm. not necessarily in smash itself but just out of smash like as even a meme like he's yeah. he's just a he's a fan favorite and he's more he's, he's in more smash brothers games than he is f-zero games <laughs> mm. kind of like that bonkers. waluigi kind of fame you know they, they don't yeah you know, the games aren't really that big but the character themselves is, is bigger i'm looking at yeah. the list here and the interesting one that you've got is pilot wings now it's been 10 it's been 11 years since the last pilot wings game and that yes. is a game that you would think would be a no-brainer um to come to switch that that I, i'm surprised that there isn't a pilot wings mm. I, I think so too. I and you know, I'm I'm looking at this list and you know, I'm hearing the comments you read the comment about the switch, they they're still calling it in the middle of its life in terms of, you know, mm. five years. And I, I I don't think there's another five years, but I think there's another no, I don't think so. two to three years. And so I, I do think out of the, that list I've got here, I've got like I, it was just a quick search, you know, Art Academy, Box Boy, Donkey Kong, Doctor Mario, Game and Watch, Mario and Luigi, Mario v Donkey Kong. Mother, Pikmin, Pilot Wings, Punch Out, Rhythm Heaven, Star Fox, and Wario Land. I-, I think there will be at least a couple of those that do return. Yeah, potentially. I mean, I'd imagine that we probably would have another Pikmin coming. I mean, the, Nintendo just re-released the one from Wii U, and mm. a lot of the ones that they re- a lot of the games that have been re-releasing have been sort of laying the groundwork for a new entry in the series to come. I'd imagine. I mean, yeah. there's a reason why they're trying to regain interest in the in the franchise otherwise um because why bring back pikmin 3 if you're not bringing back one and two as well so i don't, I don't know it's it's very odd at least others other platforms would do something like that but then again you know um there are examples where that hasn't been the case so who knows but yeah i'd i'll be very depressed if the switch if we're still playing the exact same console for the next five years because <laughs> i'd imagine that my yeah. my system would not hold as much of a charge by that point um, yeah, playing it's, in handheld uh, mode. I need to upgrade my memory. I'm I'm pretty much full to the brim now, and then I'm gonna have to work out this whole transfer thing. Buy a big yeah. SD card, a micro SD card, and uh, and get that going. Um, Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's it's a great time for them to do it now. With yeah, like you said, the the install base is huge, and so people are you know wanting these variety of games, and there's an expectation that they you know release their six to eight, ten big games a year, and so. Mm. Um, you can only, you know, make so many of the same types of games. Good to well, that's it, right? Like, out and make different ones. A lot of these, yeah, people, people want, you know, even I, I want all of these games to come out, but you've also got to remember that we're asking for a hundred new entries to a hundred beloved franchises all coming out of one publisher. And, that's you know, it. there's probably only like maybe eight or nine develop, development teams within that company. And some of them are probably crossing over on different projects as well. So mm. it is a lot to ask. But then again, also Nintendo is spending a lot of time re-releasing Wii U efforts. Who knows? Still waiting on Wind Waker and Twilight Princess to come. But yeah, yeah. Do you reckon if Breath of the Wild Two comes out this year, then that would be one for maybe next year or the year after, potentially? Maybe. Who knows? Don't know. It, it would be great. Um, I mean, you know, uh, we've got a lot of other Wii U games, um, and Twilight Princess. I feel like is is sort of like a sleeper hit like a lot of people love to hate that game but wind waker is again like top tier uh zelda it's a very wonderful game 
Mm. That's a that's a good one. Played a bit of that, and uh, I did enjoy it. Xenoblade X, that'd be uh, awesome to see. It's another one they haven't ported yet that I'm very very surprised by. Um, mm. Yeah, so they've they've got a lot. They do a lot. Just just randomly, um, Famicom mm-hmm. Detective Club. They brought that back last year. Mm-hmm. Don't know if you played that one, but uh, I didn't because no, I, I had to buy both of the games and it was ninety dollars. And <laughs> for something I've never yeah, played no, before I've... and didn't know whether it'd be good or not, I thought that was a bit bit steep. I couldn't buy them. Yeah, separately. no, I've... yeah, yeah. I, I didn't jump into those games. I didn't even know what a Famicom Detective Club was <laughs> at the time. Um, but again, my co-hosts are all into it. Like they're they're bigger Nintendo nerds than I am a lot of the time. Um, specifically with a lot of the more niche titles, like something like that. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I'm also just not super into a lot of anime games. I used to be when I was in high school, but nowadays um, I tend to steer away a little bit from those. So, like, you know, Xenoblades and all that kind of stuff. Just yeah. Like, yeah. Not, not really my jam anymore these days. Not for everyone. That's it. Well, thank you, Angelo. It means the world for me. Thank you for coming on. No, not at all. Yeah, really appreciate it. And thanks for everyone else listening in. Like I said, if you enjoy what we do, please consider leaving a rating, engaging with us in Discord or any of our other socials before we do go uh angelo um any plugs you'd like to give i mean yeah i mean no, no, i was gonna say also listen to the bookcast um yeah you know it's it's there's, there are some great people all around australia and adelaide and south australia even um you know doing doing um their own video game uh projects and things like that um you know it's great to see you know more adelaide based people um doing their own podcast about video games and nintendo games specifically and stuff so yeah, and um, you know, Vootcast is is another one where we have each person is from a different state. So one of us is in Perth, one of us is here in Adelaide, another is in Melbourne, another is in Hobart. Well, not Hobart, uh, in Tasmania. He's in Launceston now. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we're all we're all over the place, and um, yeah. you know, it's great to get different perspectives and things in that regard. Um, it's also fun trying to coordinate three different time zones <laughs> a lot of the time. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So the Vootcast, it's on all of you know wherever you find podcasts, you'll find us there. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Mangelo. That's M-A-N-J-E-L-L-0. If you want to watch me sometimes play video games and otherwise uh, get tech support from my audience, uh, you can you can watch me on Twitch at Mangelo Show. Quite literally, the last time I tried to stream, I was trying to play Tunic, and I've been waiting years to play that oh, yeah. game. Oh. I tried to stream it, and then I had all sorts of PC issues, so it turned into two hours of me getting te- tech support from my my audience so no <laughs> you love you love giving tech support you know i'm your guy i'm you your guy he's always, always got issues oh yeah the next day i did bloody pc gaming man anyone who tells you the pc gaming is superior is kidding themselves anyway yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's that's really it for me yeah nice awesome well thanks again angelo and thanks everyone for listening we'll uh, catch yeah, you no, next time and and thank you so much for for having me on my pleasure my pleasure but yeah thanks everyone bye for now